The world is changing fast, but you can learn it at a slower pace. Special English. You're listening to Special English. Here is the news. Chinese scientists have completed tests on the first batch of 22 biological samples that were exposed to space outside the China space station before being brought back to Earth by the Shenzhou 16 crew. The samples include four experiment boxes for nematodes, one for microorganisms, and three for seeds. The scientists verified that the country's first radiation biological exposure experiment, which began in June and lasted over five months, met the requirements of subsequent scientific experiments. The experiment was jointly conducted by the National Space Science Centre of the Chinese Academy of Sciences and the Dalian Maritime University. Nematodes are considered an important model organism in space life science research due to their small size, short life cycle and high rate of reproduction. They can be used to explore the effects of the space environment on various aspects of organisms, from growth, development, to reproduction, mobility and ageing. The biological experiment aimed to assess and predict damage from space radiation and develop radiation-resistant drugs. That is according to Zhao Lei, professor at the Institute of Environmental System Biology of the Dalian Maritime University. Zhao said that their team had discovered clear DNA damage and associated molecular changes in the body of the nematodes and screened a radiation-resistant drug. Zhao noted that after administering the radiation-resistant drug, some changes were observed in the nematode's lifespan and reproduction, adding that the damage caused by radiation was also alleviated. This is Special English. Candidates for the 2023 Chinese buzzwords have been released, with Chinese characters and expressions for rejuvenation, Belt and Road Initiative and the Asian Games on the shortlist. The shortlist also includes Chinese words for turmoil, crisis, Palestine-Israel conflict and China-US relations. The list was compiled through a combination of expert recommendations and big data analysis, encompassing characters and expressions relevant to both China and the world. The buzzword selection is an annual event 
that aims to depict domestic and international changes through a single Chinese character or phrase. Having been held for 18 consecutive years, the event invites the public to nominate candidate characters and expressions and vote for shortlisted ones. The final result will be unveiled on December the 20th. This year's buzzword selection is a joint endeavour by the National Language Resources Monitoring and Research Centre, the Commercial Press and Xinhua Net. You're listening to Special English. In a major push to meet its climate goals and reduce carbon emissions, China has designated 15 cities as pilot zones to promote the use of new energy vehicles in public transport. Over the next three years, the government aims to add more than 600,000 new energy vehicles including buses, taxis, sanitizing trucks and delivery vehicles across these pilot cities like Beijing, Shenzhen and Chongqing. The Ministry of Industry and Information Technology stated that the plan also comprises adding more charging stations, speeding up electrification and exploring new technologies. The pilot cities have been categorized into three groups, with each city being assigned specific targets for the addition of new energy vehicles and charging stations. Developmental goals have also been set in areas including autonomous driving, battery technologies, and the trading of green electricity. China has unveiled numerous initiatives aimed at reaching its peak carbon emissions by 2030 and achieving carbon neutrality by 2060. Some measures specifically address the transportation sector. The government has committed to ensuring that clean energy vehicles will make up 40% of all new vehicles by 2030, a significant increase from some 26% recorded in 2022. Public transport vehicles are at the forefront of this push. China has vowed that by 2035 all such vehicles including buses, taxis and rental cars, will be electric. Currently, 77% of buses across the country are operated using new energy sources like electricity and hydrogen. Xie Xiaowen, a senior expert at the China Communications and Transportation Association, noted that this was the perfect time for the pilot initiative, given China's robust manufacturing infrastructure. Xie said this pilot project 
will bring more business opportunities and market demands in the electric vehicle industry, opening doors for various stakeholders, including vehicle manufacturers and charging facility producers. This is special English. China has expanded its visa-free transit policy to include citizens from Norway for a 72 or 144-hour stay, bringing the total number of applicable countries to 54. According to the National Immigration Administration, citizens from the 54 countries. Are exempted from visa requirements during transit for seventy-two or a hundred and forty-four hours when heading for a third nation. They are allowed to engage in short-term activities such as travel and business visits during the visa-free stay. Currently, a seventy-two-hour visa-free transit policy. Is applied in the cities of Changsha, Guilin, and Harbin, while international travelers are allowed to transit in twenty cities, including Beijing, Tianjin, and Shijiazhuang, up to one hundred and forty-four hours visa-free. The immigration authority said that the move aims to serve high standard opening up. Facilitate the mobility of Chinese and foreign nationals, and promote international exchanges. Since its inception in January 2013, more than 500,000 foreigners travelled through China under the visa-free policy. You're listening to Special English. Twenty-five hundred years ago, an old man rode on his buffalo and headed west of China. Before he vanished into the wild, he left behind a book of five thousand words, which, for the next two and a half millennia, would have shaped the Chinese way of thinking. Subscribe to the sayings of Laozi and find out why generals with wisdom yield after winning the ultimate battle, and how staying behind just might help you get ahead of others. The sayings of Lao Tzu is available on all major podcast platforms. You're listening to Special English. How was the air breathed by Caesar or Christopher Columbus? A giant freezer in Copenhagen holds the answers, storing blocks of ice. With atmospheric tales thousands of years old, the ice core archive, housing twenty-five kilometers of ice collected primarily from Greenland, is helping scientists to understand changes in the climate. Glaciology professor Jorgen Peder Steffersen, of the University of Copenhagen. Said that what is held in this archive is prehistoric climate change, a record of humankind's activities 
in the last 10,000 years. Stephenson has managed the repository since 1991. It's one of the biggest in the world, with 40,000 blocks of ice stacked on long rows of shelves in large boxes. The frozen samples are unique, made up of compressed snow and not frozen water. The repository's antechamber is similar to a library's reading room. This is where scientists can examine the ice they have withdrawn from the main library or storage room. But they must be quick, since the temperature in the antechamber is kept at minus 18 degrees Celsius. Decidedly balmy compared to the minus 30 degrees Celsius in the storage room. A team of researchers brought the first ice cores to Denmark in the 1960s. The most recent ones date from this summer, when scientists hit the bedrock on eastern Greenland at a depth of 2.6 kilometres, gathering the oldest ice possible. Those samples contain extracts from 120,000 years ago, during the most recent interglacial period, when air temperatures in Greenland were 5 degrees Celsius higher than today. Stephenson said that the globe had easily been much warmer than it is today. But that's before humans were there. This recently acquired ice should help scientists' understanding of rising sea levels, which can only be partly explained by the shrinking ice cap. Another part of the explanation comes from ice streams, fast-moving ice on the ice sheet that is melting at an alarming rate. Stephenson said that if researchers can understand the ice streams better, they can get a better idea of how much the contribution will be to rising sea levels from Greenland and Antarctica in the future. He hopes they'll be able to predict the sea level rise in a hundred years with a margin of error of 15 centimetres, a big improvement over today's 70 centimetres. Ice cores are the only way of determining the state of the atmosphere prior to human-made pollution. Stephenson said, with ice cores, the scientists had mapped out how greenhouse gases, carbon dioxide and methane vary over time, and they can also see the impact of the burning of fossil fuels in modern times. This project is separate from the Ice Memory Foundation, which has collected ice cores from 20 sites worldwide to preserve them for future researchers at the French-Italian Concordia Research Station in Antarctica before they disappear forever due to climate change. 
the head of the foundation, Jerome Chapalaz, attaches great importance to storing Greenland's ice memory, stressing the need to protect this treasure and include it in mankind's world heritage. At Concordia Station, the average annual temperature is minus 55 degrees Celsius, providing optimal storage conditions for centuries to come. This is Special English. More than 200 Paleolithic sites have been found in southwest China's Sichuan province since 2019, challenging the claim that the area had scarce hominins in the Old Stone Age. The discovery is a result of a comprehensive archaeological investigation launched in 2019. Zhang Zhexuan, with the Sichuan Institute of Cultural Relics and Archaeology, said that before 2019, archaeologists had only identified over 10 Paleolithic sites in Sichuan, leading some experts to believe that there were few early human dwellers in the region until much later. The 200 sites, where many stone tools and human remains have been unearthed, are scattered across the Sichuan Basin and the western Sichuan Plateau. They include the Meng He site in Xiyang City, the Tao Hua He site in Suining City, as well as the Wang Jiayan site in the provincial capital Chengdu. The findings suggest that as early as the Paleolithic Age, Sichuan was already a significant area for cultural exchange and population migration between the East and the West and between China's northern and southern regions. You're listening to Special English. That is the end of this edition of Special English. To recap, I'm going to read two of the news items again at normal speed. Please listen carefully. Chinese scientists have completed tests on the first batch of 22 biological samples that were exposed to space outside the China space station before being brought back to Earth by the Shenzhou 16 crew. The samples include four experiment boxes for nematodes, one for microorganisms and three for seeds. The scientists verified that the country's first radiation biological exposure experiment, which began in June and lasted over five months, met the requirements of subsequent scientific experiments. The experiment was jointly conducted by the National Space Science Centre of the Chinese Academy of Sciences and the Dalian Maritime University. Nematodes are considered an important model organism in space life science research due to their small size, short life cycle and high rate of reproduction. They can be used to explore the effects of the space environment on various aspects of organisms, from growth, development to reproduction, mobility and ageing. 
The biological experiment aimed to assess and predict damage from space radiation and develop radiation-resistant drugs. That is according to Zhao Lei, professor at the Institute of Environmental System Biology of the Dalian Maritime University. Zhao said that their team had discovered clear DNA damage and associated molecular changes in the body of the nematodes and screened a radiation-resistant drug. Zhao noted that after administering the radiation-resistant drug, some changes were observed in the nematodes, lifespan and reproduction, adding that the damage caused by radiation was also alleviated. You're listening to Special English. How was the air breathed by Caesar or Christopher Columbus? A giant freezer in Copenhagen holds the answers, storing blocks of ice with atmospheric tails thousands of years old. The Ice Core Archive, housing 25 kilometres of ice, collected primarily from Greenland, is helping scientists to understand changes in the climate. Glaciology professor Jorgen Peter Steffersen of the University of Copenhagen said that what is held in this archive is prehistoric climate change, a record of humankind's activities in the last 10,000 years. Steffensen has managed the repository since 1991. It's one of the biggest in the world, with 40,000 blocks of ice stacked on long rows of shelves in large boxes. The frozen samples are unique, made up of compressed snow and not frozen water. The repository's antechamber is similar to a library's reading room. This is where scientists can examine the ice they have withdrawn from the main library or storage room. But they must be quick, since the temperature in the antechamber is kept at minus 18 degrees Celsius, decidedly balmy compared to the minus 30 degrees Celsius in the storage room. A team of researchers brought the first ice cores to Denmark in the 1960s. The most recent ones date from this summer, when scientists hit the bedrock on eastern Greenland at a depth of 2.6 kilometres, gathering the oldest ice possible. Those samples contain extracts from 120,000 years ago, during the most recent interglacial period, when air temperatures in Greenland were 5 degrees Celsius higher than today. Stephenson said that the globe had easily been much warmer than it is today, but that's before humans were there. This recently acquired ice should help scientists' understanding of rising sea levels, which can only be partly explained by the shrinking ice cap. Another part of the explanation comes from ice streams, fast-moving ice on the ice sheet that is melting at an alarming rate. Stephenson said that if researchers can understand the ice streams better, they can get a better idea of how much the contribution will be to rising sea levels from Greenland and Antarctica in the future. He hopes they'll be able to predict the sea level rise in a 100 years with a margin of error of 15 centimetres, a big improvement over today's 70 centimetres. Ice cores are the only way of determining the state of the atmosphere prior to man-made pollution. Stephenson said with ice cores, the scientists had mapped out how greenhouse gases, carbon dioxide and methane vary over time, and they can also see the impact of the burning of fossil fuels in modern times. This project is separate from the Ice Memory Foundation, which has collected ice cores from 20 sites worldwide to preserve them for future researchers at the French-Italian Concordia Research Station in Antarctica, before they disappear forever due to climate change. 
The head of the foundation, Jerome Chapelaz, attaches great importance to storing Greenland's ice memory, stressing the need to protect this treasure and include it in mankind's world heritage. At Concordia Station, the average annual temperature is minus 55 degrees Celsius, providing optimal storage conditions for centuries to come. That is the end of today's programme. I hope you'll join us every day to learn English at a slower pace.